Well, this morning, we're going to talk about uh, promise of safety. What does it mean that God promises us safety, protection, security? Um, but before I jump into that, I, I, just, I just want to invite you to close your eyes and just to pray for a moment with me as, as we get ready to talk about this issue. just want to invite you for a moment to open your heart up to where God has you this morning and kind of take a moment to, to just kind of rest here in his presence and invite him to come and grab a hold of your heart, your mind. Yeah, Father, you have created us and and you created us perfect. You created us uh, in a way to know you, and yet we know that because of sin, because of the fall of mankind, that you know it's so imperfect right now. But there's that longing that you have kept in our hearts, and it's that longing, Lord, that I want to tap into here this morning in my own heart and invite others to really know that you put the longing in us to, to know you, to see your glory. We long to see your glory, to see you fully. You put that in us. There's a reason why we long for that. It's because it's true. So this morning, as we look at your word and as we talk about your promise of safety, we recognize that the world we live in is broken. And that's why we need you. And I pray that we would more often take the time to really tap into those longings that you've put in us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I brought with me uh, something from my childhood that um, I'm guessing many of you have something similar to this. My Pooh Bear. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that when I was a child brought me safety. Took it everywhere I went. Had to have it. In fact, um, it was such a difficult thing. This is actually the second one. Uh, the first one got worn out, and my mom took it from me and sent me, I remember, to go take a nap, and she said, I'm going to take it, I'm going to wash it. And after I got up from my nap, I went to the dryer and pulled out a brand new poop paper. I thought she just washed the old one. <laughs> but it was this one. Now, as you can see, this one's been worn down a little bit, too, over the years. So, um, But as, as, as you think of your childhood, you might think of an item such as that, that you say that was your security, right? That's what brought you safety as you were living your life day to day. Well, I also want to then have you interact with me a little bit this morning by um, show of hands. Uh, I'm going to try to keep you a little bit awake. But how many of you have locks on your houses, apartments, and cars? We all using locks these days? Yeah, okay. How many of you have an alarm system on your house or your apartment or your car? Okay. How many of you 
um, use seat belts. <laughs> How many of you have life insurance? Any insurance salesman here? Look around. <laughs> Who here is carrying pepper spray or something similar with them? Okay, look around again. <laughs> Who here uses uh, password one, two, three for all their internet passwords? <laughs> with a capital P, of course. Well, again, uh, you can see it in our locks, our gates, our motion sensors, our alarm systems. It's evident from the endless passwords that we have, the extra digits on the back of the credit card, um, x-ray machines, full body scans in the airport. We have seat belts, airbags, helmets, pads, face masks, insurance policy, retirement plans, social security, pepper spray, mace. Maybe you're carrying a whistle or a keychain uh, that has a whistle on it. Anyway, it affects what we eat. We are affected where we go, how much we exercise, who we talk to, what we say. Again, we are desperate for an enduring sense of safety and security. Maslow has identified something that is very true of every human. He has identified that every person longs to feel safe. There's no doubt about it. If you don't feel safe, you will do most anything and most of your energy will be spent trying to get back to safety, get back to that feeling of safety. Think about the different ways this is true in your life. You receive a health scare. In that moment, nothing else matters until you reach a resolution. When I was in seminary, I'd gone to a doctor and he had told me, I think you might have cancer. That moment, I was so scared, right? And from that moment on, until we got resolution that it wasn't cancer, every thought, every moment, everything I did was revolving around that. It was so hard for me to get work done. <laughs> so hard to do anything except worry and have anxiety. I wanted to feel safe again. You lose your child in a store. Parents, your adrenaline just peaks out. Where did they go? What happened? And again, until you retrieve your child and find them, you're going to have nothing else that matters. You walk into a room full of strangers. Consciously or unconsciously, the first question you're going to ask yourself is, is this a safe place? Is this a safe place? What you do next will really tell you a lot about what you believe makes things safe for you. You might withdraw. Stay in the background. Feel safer to kind of be distant. You might be one of those people... You know, those strange extroverts, right, who feel safer by making small talk, maybe, saying something to somebody. It feels safer just to talk. Maybe you're one of those people who feels safer by telling a joke. But that's the question. Is this a safe place? It's the second nature question that we all are asking. So there's a deep longing that every person carries deep in their soul, and it's a longing 
that drives much of our behavior. The deep longing we have is this longing for security, safety, or protection. We want to have confidence that as we go through life, we'll be safe. Think about all the things you do in your life to bring about that feeling of security. We can try and fulfill this longing on our own, and we do. But we also know that eventually, no matter what we do, ultimately, we're going to come up short somewhere. Somewhere along the journey, we need to turn to another source, the only source that can promise safety and security, and that is God. Dan reminded us last week that, yes, God makes these kind of promises. He does make promises about our safety. We also have to remember that God's promises always come true. However, they don't always come true in the ways that we think they should because our lens is limited. Our lens is very limited, really, to this life in many ways. And God is infinite, and his understanding is beyond what we can ever know. And so what we really need to understand is God promises safety, but he brings it in a way that sometimes is confusing to us. So we're going to look at the scriptures, and we need to understand that we must approach God, uh, the promises of God in this area in life, with really a faith perspective, a faith perspective. See, the bottom line is we're all vulnerable. As we sit here this morning, every one of us sits here as as a vulnerable human. Whatever rugged, seemingly fearless veneer that you're able to muster on the outside, deep down inside, we know we're vulnerable. To be human is to be vulnerable, ever exposed to attack. Natural disaster, miscalculation, sabotage, disease, heart failure. We long to feel safe, but life in this world is fraught with risks and dangers. And even if we try to just stay in our own house, we still are at risk. Again, we've talked about modern ways. In fact, as technology develops, right, we have more and more and more modern and technological advances that are going out trying to promise safety, keep people safe insecure. But we all know that even this weekend, there were, I think, at least three incidences of major uh, shootings happening. I know I flipped the news, I just happened to flip the channel on at six o'clock and they were talking about another shooting in a mall. So look at the promise of safety in scripture, one might struggle with understanding What does it really mean? It's easy to see these promises from only a a temporal perspective, what's in front of us. It's easy to think that God's promises for security then are not valid because we only see with temporal eyes. And if that's the way you're going to live your life, then it's going to be difficult for you to believe this promise of safety. It takes eyes of faith. To understand that life is more than just temporal, it's eternal. And as we understand that life is eternal, then we begin to look at these promises of God's safety from an eternal perspective, and it gives us a whole new hope. And that's what we want to look at this morning. There's really one way to live with this eternal purview, and that's by faith. And I'm inviting you this morning, as we look at this promise of safety, to look at it with the eyes of faith which is, I believe, what Scripture is calling us to. 
as deep as the drive for safety is in the human heart, we have no guarantee of it in this life. As much as we'd like to think that God will protect those who love him from any trouble whatsoever, we know from our own experience, and we know from reading the Bible, that, that he doesn't. He doesn't say, this life, you weren't going to have problems. In fact, Jesus, in John 16, before he's left his disciples, he said to them, you're going to face tribulation and trouble. So it's a fact. But then he goes on, and his promise to them is to say, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. And so the promise is, is that God is with us in the midst of this tribulation. God doesn't promise earthly safety to his children. But the cool thing is, you are his child. And that's what really matters. You are his child. Though he did not wire our heart, or though he did wire our hearts to long for security and safety, he makes it clear that we're not going to find it in this world. We're going to find it in relationship with him. The big question we're going to ask today, and I want you to be thinking about, is where are you looking right now for your security? It'd be easy to stop right here in the message, because I think it would do us a lot of good to carve out some time in our life to really think about this question. Where are you really looking for your security right now? What do you really think is going to make your life safe? This morning, we're going to look at Psalm 121, if you want to turn there. Before I read this psalm, I'm actually going to read it out of the Message Bible today. But before I read it, I want to talk about this. This is the second psalm of what is known in the Bible as the Song of Ascents. And there's a lot of history that we don't necessarily know about the tradition of these Songs of Ascent. But we do know that four times a year, the, the people of God would travel to Jerusalem, and it seems as if these are the songs that they would sing along the road on the way to Jerusalem. And the psalm that we're going to look at this morning in particular is a song of safety. Uh, it's a picture of, of safety and, and how as they were traveling along the road, they would sing this song that reminded them of God's protection in their life. So it's a picture here of this committed group of Hebrews Traveling, singing this devotion, singing this song in the same way that we today as Christian pilgrims can gain, I think, great insight as we travel on our journey through this world, waiting for the return of Christ or waiting for our time to enter into the Father's home eternally. So I want to look at this psalm uh, together this morning. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian, right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards your very life. I'm sorry, God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now 
He guards you always. We're going to look at kind of the three main movements in this song this morning. The first being that of this question of focus, the question of focus. As the travelers are on the road, they begin to look around them. And in particular, they look up and they see the strength of mountains. You imagine when you're out west, right? You see these massive mountains. We don't ever get to see this in Ohio. And when you look at the mountains, you're in awe of these mountains. And you're like, whoa, there's so much strength in these mountains. And it's an awe experience. And that's what they're talking about and seeing the mountain. And it's easy to begin to think, wow, if only I was as strong as a mountain. Those mountains are indestructible. I wonder if somehow this mountain could give me strength and make me feel safe. So the question goes out, does my strength come from mountains? In other words, is there something in this created order that I can count on for strength? Is there something in the created world that I can count on? As you're traveling through this life, where are you looking for your strength? Where are you turning? Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a strategy. Maybe it's moral values. Where are you turning? What are you looking to? They were looking to the mountains, to something in the created order to say, this can somehow give us safety. And yet, that's the question, right? And then the other thing we need to understand that when the Hebrews sung this out, look to the mountains, what they would find in looking at the mountains were temples and shrines built by cults, cults that worshipped idols such as Baal. So these temples were up on top of these mountains where priests were promising all sorts of things that they ultimately had no control over. So where is your focus as you travel through life? Where is your focus? What are you singing about as you go along? What do you really think will bring you safety and security? What do you idolize? What structures are you building into your life that you think will protect you? Are you trying to build the perfect family? Is that the goal? If I could just create the perfect family, I'll be safe, and they'll be safe, and we'll all be safe together, and we'll all be happy. And Are you trying to build the perfect social circle? If you can just get the right people in your social circle that will just care for you in the way that you need to be cared for and take care of you, is that where your safety comes from? What are you doing you trying to build the perfect financial portfolio. No holes in it at all. Are you trying to build maybe the perfect health system? What system are you going to follow for your health that will just protect you? Well, as the Hebrews started reflecting on the power of the mountain. And what they saw around them, they quickly began to realize that. They said, no, no, not the mountain or the shrines that have been built to the other gods on this mountain that can bring about safety. It is God and God alone, as he is the one who actually created the mountain. Look to the source of life. Where is my security? Is it in the mountain? No, it's in God and God alone. The movement of the song then moves to the second reality, which is 
the reality of life is there is struggle. There is struggle in life. As we travel, the Hebrew writer points out potential dangers that can come upon the travelers. A sprained ankle from stumbling over a stone, sunstroke from traveling under the conditions of sun exposure, or moonstroke, which we might translate as lunacy, uh, an emotional illness that can overtake one when they're on a long journey. But surely we know from our own journey, our own journey in this world, that there are many dangers that come upon us unexpectedly that can overtake us at any moment. Think about how disease can come upon one unexpectedly and change the whole trajectory of their life. Think about how an accident can come out of nowhere. And you'd planned to do such and such, and now you realize, I can't, or because of this accident, it doesn't even matter anymore. What about those tough emotions of life that can overtake us on the journey? Depression, anxiety, fear. These things can be debilitating. They make our world unsafe. I once met a man who life was going so well, he'd taken a new job. And he was traveling from here out to the new job. It was out west somewhere. And as he was traveling, he stopped for a night in a hotel. And somehow something emotionally broke in him to the point where he could not leave the room beyond to go get something to eat and come back, get something that he would just go. And he never made it to the new job. And eventually the new job was like wondering what happened to the guy and no one could find him. They ended up calling the FBI and finally they found him in this hotel room. Just He'd been in there for weeks. I asked him what happened. And he said, I was just overcome with anxiety. He said, I couldn't go on. The fear of change had zapped him. And it changed the trajectory of his life. I met him because he was homeless. That's how I met him, living out of his car. The good news about his life is he's been able to get help and he's been able to trust God in bigger ways in his life. And he now was able to get back to a job and begin to recover. The reality of Life is that there is struggle. The question is, where do you look? What's your focus when the trouble comes? Is your focus on the mountain? Is your focus on something in this world, something in the created order that you think can fix you? Or is your focus on God and God alone? And that leads us to the third movement of this psalm, which is the promise. The promise of a guard. I love the message version. That's why I use it because I love the way the, the most versions say he will keep you. But I love this idea of a guard that, that the Lord guards. The promise of this psalm is not that we shall never have troubles. Clearly, the psalm makes it clear. 
we're going to have troubles. But the promise is that no injury, no illness, no accident, no emotional distress will have evil power over us. I want to say that again. Nothing, nothing, no injury, no illness, no accident, no emotional distress will have evil power over us to separate us from the love of God and from the purposes of God on our life. The promise of safety is God will guard you in a way that he's going to complete the work he began in you and you will fulfill the purposes that he has for your life. This psalm on the surface seems to be saying that Christians won't experience these problems on their journey, but a second look again reveals very clearly that the psalm begins with a cry for help, and that cry comes because as we walk on the journey, we face difficulties. So we know that God doesn't keep us from stumbling. He doesn't keep us from struggling. God keeps us in the sense that we are his children. He guards us and keeps us on the right path, the path that he has for us. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 really picks up on this. It says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And again, 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation is overtaking you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The only serious mistake we make on our journey is that when we sprain our ankle, when we become faint, or anxiety begins to overtake us, we don't look to God. We somehow think God has fallen asleep or is bored with us. But instead, we must come back to this Psalm 121 and reflect on it and realize that God is in control. And whatever we've been experiencing, it has a good purpose to it. We call this word, in theology, we call it providence. God allows things to happen for a reason. Each step we take on the journey, our lives are being preserved by God. God is never surprised by what happens to you. It's not like when, it, when a terrible event or an accident happens in your life. It's not as if God is like, whoa, where'd that come from? Didn't see that one coming. No, God is in control. He providentially is caring for your life. Two weeks ago, Sheila's family had a family friend who, he went out to his tractor and, I don't know, something was wrong with the tire, so he was putting more air in the tire and you know, those big tractor tires and the tire blew up and killed him instantly. Instantly. Was God surprised by that? Absolutely not. God had a purpose. God is doing something. Do we understand it? Absolutely not. Do we need to grieve? Absolutely. See, we live in a fallen world where there's no guarantee of my physical safety in the next moment. But just because I'm not experiencing 
physical safety moment by moment doesn't mean God has somehow left me. No, God is in control. And for some reason, that was the purpose that God had for this man and for his family. And we went and we go and we grieve with the family. You go and you, you be with them because it doesn't take away the longing we have for a perfect world to have this go away. If we're going to stay on the journey, if we're going to stay on the journey and not go off of it, if we're going to stay on the journey, we must bring our doubts completely and fully to God, our struggles. We must bring them openly to him. He can handle them. We must reflect then with God upon his providence in the midst of our circumstances. We must take time to reflect upon how God is using all of life's up and downs to do a work as we pilgrimage toward our final destiny. You are vulnerable. That's a fact. You can't change it. You're human. At any moment, your safety status can change. The Bible is real about that. It doesn't pull any punches. Like every other human being that has or will live on earth, you will be faced with danger, both physical and emotional. But the good news is that Jesus offers you ultimate safety. When Jesus guards your heart, you have peace. The promise of safety is that you can enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ and regardless of circumstances that come upon you, you will have peace. That's what Jesus kept offering his disciples over and over again. At the end in John 14 through 16, when he talks about trouble coming, he kept saying to them, but I've overcome the world. He's bringing you peace, peace. See, there's a way that we can live in this vulnerable world, in this dangerous world, complete with unknown accidents that are going to be coming our way, with unknown disease that's coming our way. But there's a way we can live with peace. And that way is to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Invite him into your life. Recognize That he went to the cross on your behalf. And then you can be confident that none of the things that happened to you, none of the troubles you face, have any power to get between you and the grace of God. As a follower of Christ, here's four things we know. You put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ... Here's four things that are true. You will be preserved by God for eternity. You will be accompanied by God right now. He is with you right now. You can enjoy his presence. At any moment you want to enjoy his presence, all you have to do is stop and listen. You will be ruled by God. And that's good news. Believe me. I know we don't like to submit, but trust me, you don't know what you're doing. God does. It's good news that when I come into relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to rule me. 
He's going to take over my life and guide it and direct it in the purposes that he has for me. The greatest safety I can find is in his purposes. And finally, we, you, are guarded by God. You can know that every moment of your life, you have a guard. He's guarding you. Doesn't mean hard things aren't going to happen. Doesn't mean bad things won't happen. But you can be confident that he's guarding you along the way. The big problem we can get into is thinking that we only need God for the big crises of life. You know, we often live day to day, the, what I call the mundane days of life, right? Most of our days are probably mundane days, and we live them kind of on our own, not looking to God, but instead maybe looking to pop culture solutions or things that I can kind of handle on my own. Like, I know how to basically make life work. It's just when those big crises come. But I want to challenge you that if you really want to experience experience the promise of safety that it's important for you to start learning day by day to enter in to the mundane issues in your life that you look at as small and begin to invite Christ into those to come with you. This psalm is a reminder that God is interested in your mundane journey. These songs of ascent, I mean, it's, this was a, a boring kind of long journey they were on. It was a little bit of a mundane journey. Yes, here it is again. We do this four times a year. We're on a journey. But along that way, things can happen. So this psalm is a reminder that God is interested in your so-called mundane journey. Every day, I want to challenge you, every day, enter that God-given longing you have to feel safe. See, here's the secret. I believe here's the secret to us really applying this promise of safety to our life. And it's, are you willing to enter your longing for safety and security? Are you willing to admit that, God, without you, this doesn't, it, it isn't going to work? That my life feels unfulfilled, ultimately. That we live in a fallen world, are you willing to face the pain of that? Are you willing to face the struggle of that day by day? Enter into it. Feel it. Let it come in and then begin to ask him to come in and take it away. Let, it, let the longing you have for security wash over you. God put it in you. Let it wash over you. What we tend to do instead of allowing that is we put up walls of protection around us and we look elsewhere instead first. We first try to solve all of our problems on our own and take care of it on our own. But I want to challenge you to start asking God to be ever-present with you, to be ever-present with you moment by moment, to allow yourself to experience this longing for more. Never pretend. Never put up self-protective walls around it. Be vulnerable. You are vulnerable, so face it. Face your vulnerabilities. Take down the walls. Be vulnerable. Say anything you want to God. Be real with God. Tell Him your fears. They're there. Don't pretend you don't have fears. Stop pretending that you've got it figured out because you don't. 
expose your heart fully to God, full of your fears, full of the struggles, full of the reality of what this world's, how does this world scare you? If you're married, you have kids, you have parents, I mean, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong that can one day just come and kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, there's fears revolving around that. That's okay. That's real. Like, it's a real thing. Be vulnerable with it. God wants to be invited into that space in your life. Stop pretending that God isn't interested. He's so interested in the mundane stuff of your life. He's so interested in what it is that you fear. Invite him in. I want you to think about this. I want you to bask. I want you to start basking in the providential, preserving, perfect plans and purposes of God for your uniquely created life. This is what the promise of safety is inviting us to do. That we can go before God every day of our lives, every moment of our lives, and, and just let it wash over, just bask in His providential, preserving, perfect plan and purposes for our life. This is how we stay on the journey. This is how we experience His promise of safety. It's real. It's real. But you won't experience it if you don't be vulnerable with God. It's so easy to say, oh, God doesn't care. Or, God's not interested. And what I say to you is because you don't give him a chance to care. You don't give him a chance to be interested. You've got it all figured out already. So, of course, you don't experience his promise of security and safety in your life because you don't need his promise of safety and security. This week, I want to challenge you. Be vulnerable. Be honest about, be brutally honest about your fears and what's really going on in your heart. Because you long, you long to see his glory. I long to see his glory. Let's start longing for that deeper and deeper. Maybe this week as you do that, you can sing Psalm 121 as you go on your journey. Let me pray. Father, we know that you are a God who promises to protect us. You are a God who has great plans for our lives. So, Lord, this week, teach us. Teach us, Lord, this week to be vulnerable. Teach us to be willing to expose the fears in our hearts that have been hidden for maybe years and years and years. To give you a chance. To give you a chance to provide the safety and the security we've been longing for for so long. Lord, we ask that you would teach us. Show us your strength. Pray this in your name. Amen.